What's up, everyone? We are officially back after a two-week hiatus. The New Guys Podcast are officially back. And with the start of the new NFL year, it's the start of a new season of the New Guys Podcast. Yes, we decided to revamp a little bit. Um, just myself, Jordan, and Pat today, Dylan, um, is dealing with the little um, issues right now. So we're going to let him take care of that. He couldn't join us today. Excuse me. Um, uh, do, I, do I really want to jump in? No, we are on TikTok now. We wanted to throw that out there. We are on TikTok at New Guys Pod. Um, if you want to give us a follow on there, I think we have a few followers already. So thank you to whoever, whoever found us already on TikTok. You uh, must be really dedicated fans. But without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, we're going to start with the good today. Or do we want to start with the bad? Um, yeah, let's go with the bad first. Let's go with the bad first. The Boston Celtics are absolutely awful right now they can't seem to get anything going um it you can't even point to one problem honestly with mm-hmm. this team a bad loss 117 to 110 to the Cavs last night and a 117 to 109 loss to the Jazz the night before that loss was a little more excusable because the Jazz are we know they're one of the better teams in the league they're exceptionally one of the best in the fourth quarter the Celtics are one of the worst in the in the fourth quarter that game was tightly contested the whole way through. I thought we were going to end up pulling that one out a few points in the game. But things happen. you got to learn from that. But last night's loss was completely embarrassing. So I want to I want to just hear you got your guys' thoughts on those two games in, spe- in specific first before we get into anything crazy on what the actual problem is. Kai, you can take this one first. Uh, <laughs> like How much the to Jazz say? Game, like, really, really isn't that bad. Um, I think excusable because they drove the best record in the league. So <clears throat> a lot of people weren't necessarily expecting you to win, but that came against the Cavs. I was watching it for like maybe a little bit into like the third. And it was just like, I, I couldn't even watch it because it was really just terrible to see this team. Like, I don't, I really don't even know where to start. You have Brown and Tatum both had, I think like 25 plus last night, but the rest of the team is just looks like a bunch of lost dogs out there playing ISO ball. Um, might as well be playing street ball out there. It's just, it's, it's just, there's no like really cohesiveness to the entire roster. Um, and Kemba being out obviously didn't help, but then you, know, you can't be losing to a team like the Cavs. It's just like a bunch of misfit toys, essentially with what the, what their roster has been, been building over the past three years since LeBron left. And I don't know if it's coaching at this point or if it's like the players just don't care. I really, I really don't know, but, it's kind of been going on for the last, like, I feel like since since the bubble, really, I feel like it's been going on. There's maybe since the last year Kyrie was here. Um, it just seems like they don't know how to hold a lead. And that's something I don't really remember being a thing back, um, like the Isaiah Thomas days or anything as much. I don't, I don't think it was as bad back then. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know what their problem is, but it's, they're really terrible to watch. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Like, they, that game last night was. I mean, they, like, they should have won. I agree with Anthony. Like, they should have won. They they have somewhat of an excuse against the Jazz because the Jazz are a great team. But nonetheless, they have dug themselves into enough of a hole where they kind of have to win some of these tough games. And if they want to be thought of as one of the better teams in the league, they have to be able to beat the Jazz. I think there's something like 0-8 against the top uh, four in each conference. Like, they haven't won a game against anyone in the <clears throat> top half of the conference, which is obviously not good. I mean, I think the bigger picture, like I've been saying it for a while, I think there's no one at the deadline uh, that the Celtics are going to be able to 
you know, grab that's really going to put them in contention, I think. Unfortunately, I think this is just, I, I'm still going to, obviously, I'm still rooting for them, but, you know, watching the Nets get healthy, watching the Sixers continue their run even with without Embiid, um, it doesn't, you know, bode well for the Celtics when it comes to playoff, you know, chances. Um, so, I mean, I, I think people are going to get mad at Ainge when the deadline comes around because I think he's going to sit on his hands and, and not do anything because I don't yeah. think that there is a, a viable option um, out there that would really help the team. He had a quote a couple of weeks ago that said something like, you know, we're not going to, it's not, we're not going to go after a bandaid. Like we need to get someone like, we're not trying to just fix something. We're trying to like, you know, bolster the team. And I mean, who out there are you? I mean, does John Collins make you better than the Nets? Does Vucevic make you better than the Nets? Like, no, especially Harrison Barnes, not even close. So I just think that there's, it, it's an unfortunate situation. Like we have the exception, people want to use it, but you got to wait until, until free agency to use that. You have more wiggle room. Teams are looking to move players more in off season than they are middle of the pack. And, the last thing I'll say is the East is so close that every team thinks they're in it. So for you to go to uh, the Hawks or someone like that and say, look, we want John Collins. They're going to be like, well, we have a chance at the playoffs. We're not going to just give up that chance for you guys to go get John Collins and make us, you know, worse for next year and continue our trend down. I mean, I think people need to understand that as well. Yeah. One last thing on the Celtics. I want to talk about J and J for a second, Jason and Jalen, Jason Tatum needs to become more consistent. Um, from the three-point arc. Well, let's. I want to go back even further uh, to the Brooklyn game. So between the Brooklyn game and the three games before that, and that four-game streak, Jason Tatum was eight for twenty-five from three, and that's your number one playmaker right there. That's he's he's the future of this team. He can't be going eight for twenty-five from three. He needs to make that shot a little more. He did have thirty-one against Brooklyn, but three for seven from three. I mean, a few of those shots go. Jalen Brown. He's been another problem. Um, just shooting in general. I feel like whenever, like, I don't know, like during the bubble or any time Marcus Smart would just pull a three just to shoot, like not even drawing up any plays, just shooting the ball mm. from from no no man's land. It's like, oh, here we go. He's going to shoot us out of the game. Jalen Brown's been doing that. Um, against Brooklyn, he only had 13 points, uh, 5 for 23 field goal percentage, and 3 for 12 from behind the arc. And that's another one. Oh, that's that's the future too. Him and Jason Tatum are the the next duo. They're gonna take over the NBA. They're going to be the next dynasty. But mm. when they're doing that, and they've been doing this for a period of time now, they've been consistent at being bad at shooting. I mean, come on, you don't win basketball games like that. Yep. But yeah, Jordan pretty much hit the nail on the head. I don't think Ainge is gonna grab anybody. It doesn't make sense to this year. Yeah. Uh, the East is just absolutely stacked at the top. And there's just it's just a dogfight from four down. And the big thing with a lot of people were saying at least a couple of weeks ago, prior to you know Williams kind of breaking out, was that we needed a we needed a center, we needed a rim protector, we needed someone down there that could grab the rebounds. And a lot a lot of us were saying like you have that guy in Robert Williams, you just don't play him enough. Mm-hmm. You know now that Tristan Thompson's been out for a couple of games with like you know the health and safety like. Um, you know, Rob's kind of starting to take over the starting job from Tice. I know he's not starting, but he's he's yeah. played somewhere around 30 minutes last night, 27 minutes, like the first time in his career. And he he put up like 14, 13 or something like that. I mean, yeah, that's your that's your center there. Right. He should be playing that much. But I think I saw something. I really don't know where it was. It might have been somewhere on Twitter and some sort of article that said that the reason he isn't getting so many minutes is because he has some sort of um, condition or injury. And they're going to yeah. try to look into it in the offseason. 
yeah. to see if you know that'll that'll help him obviously be able to play more extended minutes. But if he was able to play like thirties, like mid to low thirties in minutes a game, that would just make a huge difference in general. You really don't need to go out and get a center because that's your guy for the future right there. What you yeah. need to do is just get get more scoring, get more bench pieces because that's really where your team falls short. You can't have like Jeff Teague be your main scoring option off the bench or Grant Williams. Cause it's, just, it's painful to watch those guys try to do anything with the ball. Well, and the problem um, is that they're also relying. It's the, it's the same. It's the same kind of process as last year where we drafted Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Tremont waters, those guys, Romeo Lankford, and then, you know, asked Williams to be pretty much the seven or eight man in the playoffs. And, you know, mm-hmm. as a rookie, for you to for you to come in the East Conference Finals and have to do yeah. up against Bam Adebayo or whatever, you know, it doesn't work. And we're doing yeah, the same thing. Right at, job, but yeah, yeah, and and I yeah, right. for sure. I think Grant had a decent season, but I think like it's the same thing as happening with Peyton Pritchard. And I think people when people are getting mad at Pritchard for not pretty much being like an already like outstanding backup point guard. And he, I mean, it's his first year. We can't expect that. And, and Stevens and Ainge have put the pressure on him. Granted Teague was supposed to come in and be that guy. And he has been far from it. But, um, and then the last thing I just want to say on Williams is I think we have to credit Ainge, like give credit where it's due. Like that was a great pick. You know, if, as long as Williams can stay healthy, you know, he was projected to be like a top 10 pick in that draft, but he the whole was, thing yeah. with, with how he handles, you know, like, certain situations like in you know, oversleeping the meetings and stuff like that, even right I'm after Lord. he got drafted. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like he, his talent was there. Everyone knew his talent was there. It was just a matter of, can he, you know, fix his, you know, off the core issues. And he has, and it was great by Ainge and Stevens to help him fix that up. But yeah, I think uh, aside from, you know, Jalen and Jason and Rob this year, I, I mean, in Pritchard to an extent, but other than that, I mean, everyone has been very mediocre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you hate to yeah. see it from a very talent-rich team like the Celtics. Is I mean, talent-rich at the top. I mean, we get, you get into the bench, and there's really no depth. Yeah. Um, we're recording this on a Thursday. Celtics' next game, next game is 7:30 Friday night against the Sacramento Kings. Mm. Well, this is the part of the episode that I've been really excited to talk about ever since it started. Patriots and their free agency frenzy. Now, we've been saying on the podcast for the last few months, Belichick needs to make some moves in free agency. He needs to he needs to make some moves just to solidify this roster, go out there and prove he's not a bad GM. And I'm gonna take credit for it. I think he was listening I think he was listening to this podcast. I think he heard <laughs> us. Our voices were heard. Bill Belichick and his free agency frenzy this Turned off cap limit on Madden and just went absolutely <laughs> crazy. Um, a bunch of signings. Um, who was your favorite? I know there's a lot of great guys in this recruiting class. I'm not really a recruiting class. Um, free agent class. Um, who, who's been your favorite signing so far? Jordan, I'll let you take it. I, I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna pick the. I think Hunter Henry was a great signing, like just because he's Hunter Henry. But I'm gonna say Johnny Smith because I think that he like. He's, he's like such an underrated tight end. Like he, a lot of people look at his numbers and, and go, like, why he's only got, you know, 500 yards last year, eight touchdowns. Well, he's on a, he was on a team where, who ran the ball 40 times a game. I mean, you're not going to get a lot of like, he's, he was still getting a good amount of touches, even with, you know, one of the best running backs in the league taking 35 to 40 every game. Um, and I think that he, he I think he's going to be whoever runs, whoever gets run back at quarterback, whether it be Newton or someone else, 
like he's a great at creating separation and he's like one of the fastest um tight ends in the league without a doubt and he was like third or fourth in his class um when he was drafted uh so i think that and i think that the nfl's transferring more towards you know speed being very important and you see guys just if you can't if, if a tight end you know can't be you know breaking out in uh creating separation they're kind of useless and i think john is like the perfect guy for that and his contract is really not that bad on a four-year deal um i think it was i don't know somewhere somewhere around like the seven eight nine mark i think um mm-hmm. i don't know if if that's uh on and up but uh i think that, that that was a good signing and um even pro even post hunter henry signing i still like john smith as like a solid piece to the team and then i think on the defensive end like I'm going to say Calvin Noy, I think is like a great guy to bring back. Like he, he not only does he know the system, but like, he's got, um, he, he's, he's kind of already got like the, not, not relationships, but like he knows a lot of guys in this team. He's only one year absent from, from the roster. So him and Hightower is taking that defense over again, especially with Chung retiring. You need some veteran leadership to come back in. And I think that front seven is insane now. I mean, that's really what we critique. Uh, you know, you need to fix the front seven. You need to get pressure. You got Hightower, Judon, and Winovich, and now Van Noy up front. Uh, I think that's, like, it's stellar. I think that we really solved a lot of issues uh, on both ends. Yeah, I think, Jordan, you actually took my top two, which was Smith and Van Noy. But um, <laughs> I'll kind of just piggyback off of that. Like, I, I think the Van Noy, like, reacquisition of him was just, like, an amazing move. I think it made sense for all parties. Like, right when I heard that he was being um, – you know, cut loose from the Dolphins, I was immediately thinking, you know, if we pick them back up, that's just huge because Hightower comes back and it's almost like your defense or your linebacking core can pick up right where it left off mm-hmm. um, when Hightower from that left. Team. Yeah, right, exactly. And then the addition of Matthew Judon, you know, I think that's great. You did pay him, like, a good amount, but that's kind of what you have to do in order to get a player of that caliber. So hopefully, um, you know, along with Devon Godshaw, and I think we picked up another, um, like, a kind of backup DN from the Packers earlier yeah. this afternoon. Um, hopefully a revamp front seven, you know, along with Chase Winovich can really help to get some pressure on quarterbacks. Cause last year <laughs> we were definitely near like the bottom of the league in sacks, if not the bottom. Um, yeah. So that definitely helps. And obviously on offense, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, uh, that's just reminiscent of like the Aaron Hernandez and Gronk days having two great tight ends. Hopefully they can minus both the stay healthy. Mm. Yeah. My, yeah. My, minus the murder. Yeah, of course. Um, but hopefully they can put something together um, on the offensive end and stay healthy for Cam Newton because that'd be great um, yep. just to have that presence again. Because as we know, last year, it was impossible to watch yeah. this offense. And another great thing that they did today was trade Ryan Izzo, who fucking sucks. Sorry, there's <laughs> there's the explicit. Um, got him for a seventh round pick, which I think is more than he's worth. So yeah, uh, it's a great move. 100%. Happy, Easily my favorite move this offseason is the signing of a two-time pro bowler, six and a half sacks and 32 solo tackles last year. Um, I am just love the presence that he's going to bring. Like, yeah, we have Hightower, him, and Van Noy coming back. Like, come on. If that isn't one of the better linebacking cores in the league, like those three alone, I don't I – don't, I can't name one, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we did rank near bottom in the league last year in sacks. And I think Judon is going to bring an enormous um, presence to this team. He's definitely a guy who can put pressure on the quarterback. I mean, he's a two-time Pro Bowler. I mean, the Pro Bowl is a joke. But at the same time, it's still something to account for. 
Um, another signing I liked was Jalen Mills from the Eagles. Now, this is something that I think we have so much depth at cornerback. Maybe Stephon Gilmore goes in the trade. I mean, you have the depth, him, J, uh, J.C. Jackson, who proved last year that he can step up and take that cornerback number one spot. Um, Jonathan Jones, too, he's another good – he's another reliable guy. And Jalen Mills has added so much depth to that team. So I think maybe we could now see Stephon Gilmore go. I think this is yeah. what it may mean. Uh, Belichick might use uh, Gilmore to uh, jump up in the draft maybe. I don't know. There's there's literally so many possibilities that I can go through right now in terms of uh, sending Stefan Gilmore out. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I wouldn't be in favor of it either. I'm kind of neutral about it. If it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. I really don't care. But mm. as long as you do something good with it. Um, now this now this takes me to my next point. The signing of Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. That's two tight ends right there. Um, you know, Belichick loves that. And that kind of eliminates, no, not kind of, it eliminates the possibility of the Patriots going ahead and drafting Kyle Pitts, the, who I wanted them to draft a few weeks back. So yeah. with all of these free agent signings now, I mean, I don't know how much more Belichick is going to do. I mean, I think the number one guy I wanted was Curtis Samuel, and he just signed with Washington, uh, I think, yesterday or the day before, <laughs> earlier, the, earlier this morning. So yeah. what I want to know is, what does Belichick do now at 15 with the weaknesses he has filled? I think, like, I, I agree with you that I think um, this Mills, like, kind of puts Gilmore on the on the hot seat or on the block, at least. But what happened today with Chung retiring, it makes me think that um, maybe that Mills signing was kind of a replacement for Chung because Mills does play safety as well. I know he's a defensive back, like, but I think he, it's Kyle he, Duggar's time now. I think that's his spot. Honestly. But you, but you still need a safety back. I mean, you need someone else. I think to to help out. That's what I don't know. I'm I'm not saying that. I would like to see Gilmore traded because I think you can get value out of him. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, like ideally, I think they trade up into the six or eight spot and go after Lance or Fields. That's what I would do. But realistically, I think that um, they sit back at fifteen, um, maybe move a couple spots up to like twelve. And take Patrick Sertain of of, uh, of Alabama. I think he would be a pretty good selection, especially if you're thinking about moving Gilmore. I mean, he's like the highly touted corner uh, in the draft. I think he would be a great pick, especially to get a little bit younger in the secondary, which you're going to need eventually. And then you can move Gilmore. Uh, maybe maybe you move Gilmore for like a selection in like 18 to 24. You don't have to give him up that much, and you still get a solid player. Maybe you get Mika Parsons from from there too. And then your defense is like very good. So, um, I don't know. I think, I think realistically they, they sit and they take, uh, someone on the defensive end. I don't see any of the receivers being available. I don't see any of the QBs being, being available. And then, like you said, Anthony Pitts is out of the question. So I think they go defense. I would say probably one of those corners it's certain, or I don't remember the other guy, but one of those two, I think, I think will go at 15 to us. Yeah. I have to say if they're not going to trade up, and get a guy like Trey Lance, who I think is um, looked very well, or looked very good, rather, uh, performed very well at this pro day. Um, I could see them just trading back. I think it's the classic Belichick move. Um, <laughs> really, like, like there's really no risk in doing that. You trade back, get yeah. a later first rounder, and maybe like another late round pick, mm-hmm. uh, and then just kind of see what falls to you. I'm trying to think as like a as like a need. I mean, I don't think we draft a receiver considering that we just signed um, a bunch of offensive weapons, so. 
Um, if it's on a quarterback on the offensive side, maybe uh, a lineman. I really don't know a lineman in this draft. I, I don't think there's a ton of uh, really great ones. So if they were to draft um, a defensive position, I'd nice probably cornerback. I'd agree with you, Jordan. From Northwestern, the two top tackles in the draft, but I see them going early, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know them, but they're yeah, they're going to be gone. So um, I, I think they're just going to trade back if they're not going to get a guy like Trey Lance. Um, I don't see us taking Max Jones or anything. I know Jordan went like that. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's probably the most reasonable expectation for Bill. But he's surprised us no. so far this, this offseason, so you never know. Yeah, now I agree with the both of you. I like um, I like Trey Lance at this pick, honestly. If he's there, you gotta, you got to grab him. Or Patrick Sertain. One of those two, you gotta, you got to grab now. I feel like we have so much um, – so much value now that we could end up moving Gilmore to grab um, certain trade the older guy who is, who still has some good years left, start developing this young guy um, to be the next cornerback. Number one, cause JC is um, getting up there too, but I like Trey Lance. I watched his, uh, his pro day, his first throw kids got a rocket. I will say that. And he is mobile too. So, I mean, we just signed, uh, re-signed Cam Newton too. So maybe I think, Cam Newton and Trey Lance have pretty similar play style. Um, Newton could end up mentoring him this year. I'm not sure who's going to be the quarterback for the Patriots um, week one, but you guys pretty much hit all the um, hit on all the points there. I think uh, Sertain or Lance, uh, they could even uh, fall back in the draft. I wouldn't mind that. And I think that, like, yeah, go ahead, Pat. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say one thing I think, um, I don't think you'll go into this season without both of Jackson and Gilmore. I think um, like us placing the second round tender on Jackson, I think kind of indicates that like, I guess there's a chance he's fielding offers from other teams. Um, but I don't think you can go into next season uh, without either of your top two corners. Cause that's just kind of like a recipe for disaster. Uh, in my opinion. Here, here's a, here's a big question mark. I think if, I think that one, I think that uh, Cam Newton, I, I'm confident that he's going to be the week one starter. I think he, there isn't really a reason for them to sign him back at like 7 million uh, base or 6 million base for them to not want him back. I think he knows the system. And a lot of the people that are saying that the rookie is going to come in and like Lance is going to come in and just start week one. I mean, do they realize what happened last year with Cam where he didn't know the system as well? I mean, he literally said like week three, he's like, I didn't really know what, what I was calling. Like a rookie's not going to come in and be like, yeah, I know this like the back of my hand. Like it's going to take a little bit of time. So I'd like to see Cam come in with Lance. And you guys already mentioned Lance's arm is great. Cam Newton's arm is is questionable. Why not use Cam Newton as like a Taysom Hill? And he's the big body on the goal line. If you need him too, you can you can go out and send Cam Newton. He can throw the ball a little bit. Can't really throw it down the field. Mm-hmm. But if you run him in the in the draw um, or option plays. I mean, we saw what happened in Seattle. <laughs> no one could stop it other than the, the play that mattered the most, unfortunately. But, I mean, right. I think he would be perfect as like a, as a Taysom Hill guy. I think he should start and see what we have. If, if we go on a run and win four in a row with Cam and he's looking great, then, then stay with him. But he's still he, – whether he's starting or not, I think Cam is still a very useful piece in the offense without a doubt. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think um... – Sorry, I kind of lost where we were right there. Uh, I, I just saw that we re-signed Nick Folk on a one-year deal, which is good because he was actually one of our best players last year. Monumental. Um, yeah, 
No, I like I like Trey Lance a lot, though. I think definitely, um, you know, we can get Stidham out of here as soon as possible and put Lance in there back at the QB two, maybe even QB one spot. Um, Cam Newton, I think, is a perfect mentor. Like everybody loves Cam Newton in the locker room and everything. So, um, as far as like a mentor, Cam Newton's probably one of the best guys that Trey Lance could have, um, yeah. especially considering their similar play style. So, if we can happen to get, I don't, I don't know if he'll slip to us, but if we can trade up and get a guy like that. Uh, I would love to see McDaniels build an offense around a mobile QB like that um, and just see what he could do. Cause last, like last year, the beginning of last year it was really fun to see the new offense kind of um, get we thought, going the first couple of weeks before we the wheels fell the off. Were solved. We thought it was <laughs> right, out. Right. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully McDaniels doesn't pull any more of that HB draw on third and long again. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I think, I think that'd be cool to kind of run a two QB um, offense and just kind of see yeah. where it takes you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with all these great things to happen in the Patri- for the Patriots in this offseason, lost some key players. Joe Tooney uh, going and getting his bag, $80 million, well-deserved uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs, though? Yeah. Yeah, it was either that or the Jets. He had a very tough choice between the Chiefs or the Jets. Yeah, I would Same take that. the ring. I, I get, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think the Jets offered him uh, a very generous amount, too, but at the end of the day, you're going for the bag and the ring, so... Um, Surprised the Miami they, Patriots didn't go after. <laughs> Gotta go after yeah, all the guys you like. I know. Um, there's another Patriots old lineman uh, that's probably gonna be moving. Uh, David Andrews. I'm not sure he, where he's gonna be going yet, but I think he'll end yeah. up landing in Green Bay. But at the same time, Ted Karras yeah. is gonna. That's another reason I think. Not to draw everything back to Cam Newton, but you know, Andrews was a pretty big piece of the offense. Like, if if they're if they're if Belichick's plan is to kind of just sign Newton as a backup and like, let him just sit on the bench and people are going to be mad because you could have used that money to pay David Andrews. Like I know Andrews will obviously mm-hmm. want more than whatever Newton got, but an extra six, 7 million in the, in the bank to help maybe give Andrews 13 or 14. I mean, people would a hundred percent say, yeah, I mean, I'll swap Newton for Andrews. If, if Newton's just going to sit on the bench, and not do anything. That's why I think Newton's right now, he it's his job to lose. I mean, obviously, no one else on the roster, especially Jared Stidham, especially uh, Jared even, Stidham, is even close to competing with Newton. Or an anti-Stidham podcast. It's just a matter of who who they go after in the draft and what where they where they decide to the pick a QB. At. I think they do pick a QB in the draft without a doubt. Just a matter of you know how much draft capital are you willing to use or move to get one. Hey, I need you guys to hear me out here on a theory. Um, so, Jared Stidham, right? His wife, um, what's her name? Kennedy Stidham or something? Yeah. Her father is a partial owner of the Houston Rockets. So, if you do put together a trade for Deshaun Watson, you better believe that Stidham's mm-hmm. in that package. It's kind yeah. of Houston royalty, almost in a sense. That could kind of spice up the deal a little bit. Yeah. yeah well, I don't know if to, it would uh, spice it up. It might favorite. actually make them reject it. <laughs> <laughs> If Deshaun's name is clear, be yeah. like right yeah. on Madden. <laughs> I mean, we'll, 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 we can we can talk about that. What would you guys? I mean, there's obviously some stuff going on with Watson. Like, we don't want to like get into that, but like, it just in a vacuum, what's your what's your offer for Watson? Like, what you how much are you willing to give up? Like, how many firsts are you willing to give up? Plus players, obviously. I think you give up at least. I mean, two, I think, is like the bare minimum. Three is mm. a lot. But, I mean, for a guy like Watson, 
I'd, I'd say three is worth it considering we really don't use first round picks a ton anyway um, yeah. in recent years. So I, I think that'd be worth it. And then plus you throw in a couple of players like, I don't even know who you might, you might have to throw in a guy like Gilmore in there. Um, yeah. Maybe I, even, I would, I really don't know. I, I would, I wonder if the Texans would accept this, but I would be willing to part ways with JC Jackson. If it meant that we could keep the 15th of this year and we can take Farley or certain and just grab the young, a young corner back, let's say yeah. JC and then next three first round picks for Deshaun Watson, would they take that? He's a young corner. You're getting three more picks, first round picks for him. A lot of people are like, yep. well, uh, Miami can offer more, more like assets. To this. If they're not willing to give up Tua, they're not offering more than us. I mean, Miami, no trade clause. If, yeah. And if Miami gets, you know, Miami just got Will Fuller today. Mm-hmm. If Miami gets Deshaun Watson, they're a Super Bowl contender without a doubt. It's not even close. So, yeah. you know, it's the draft capital would be roughly the same between us and Miami. Then it's just a matter of if they're not willing to part with Tua, you know, we have JC Jackson. We have guys, you know, that we can we can send um, to 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 the Texans to get Watson. You know, how much does Miami really have other than Tua? Um, that they're willing to give up. I don't know. So, I mean, I would I would 100% part way with J.C. Jackson. There's really not anyone on the team that I wouldn't trade uh, for for uh, Deshaun Watson, and I feel like there shouldn't there really shouldn't be anyone off limits at this point. I mean, that's a franchise QB for the next five, six, seven years that you know makes you a contender automatically. So, I I would be willing to give up pretty much anything like within reason. Yeah, I agree. Um, for him. Yeah, I'm going to go more along the lines of Pat's. I like Jordan's thought process there. Hey, you you save that pick, send over JC, and then use that pick. Maybe trade up a little bit, grab Sertain or uh, Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. And But I, I honestly think uh, sending Gilmore over would be a little bit more realistic. I mean, the Texans have really like a veteran-based team so far this year. I mean, they just grabbed Mark Ingram. uh Larry Laramie Tunzel's getting up there. I don't know how old he is. There's a there's a few veterans on that roster, no doubt. But mm. I think and I think Gilmore would really fit well into that system of just pure veterans. So I think sending Gilmore over would be more realistic than sending JC over. Because maybe Jordan's a little more smart than Bill Belichick. Who knows? I like that <laughs> a little more. But at the same time, I think I think definitely this year's first and next year's first have to go. And then maybe two seconds and a third. I don't know. You're going to yeah. have to send the house. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I understand like the logic behind like their veteran oriented team. But I also think that like if they're moving on from Watson, they just lost Fuller. There's zero weapons on that offense. They don't have a QB. I mean, how and they don't have they don't have their pick this year either, which would have been a great pick. Um I mean, how much are they really looking to grab like a, a, an aging corner that has one year left? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like if if, no, if they were to that. get, I think if they were to get JC in that deal, they could see that you know four or five year like massive contract that he wants. They have a, they have a solid cornerback one for the future, and then they can figure out you know maybe they go and and um, take a QB later in the draft or trade up with another team to take one this year. Like, I think they have a little bit more wiggle room with that. If you send Gilmore over. I mean, I think it's kind of just like we want, we think, I think we overvalue Gilmore in trades, in my opinion, because I don't think, I think he's a great corner. He'd be a great piece for like a team on the back of the playoffs. But if the Texans are moving their franchise QB, I don't see why they'd want, you know, 
coming up on right, 30. Why would they want a 30 year like yeah I, yeah. I don't know if they'd want him him in the, I'm not saying he doesn't add anything to the deal, but I th- I think JC would, would entice them a little bit more. Yeah, I agree, yeah, I agree. But at the same time, I feel like you'd have to send JC and the 15th pick over That's to fair. get Watson. Yeah. So I feel like one without the other doesn't go. That they're mm. not accepting that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't disagree with that. I I I think that you I agree that you would have to send. They'd probably want the fifteenth because they know that if they send JC, if we send JC and then our next three, they know that we're going to be in contention probably for those next four or five years. So, you know that that's a bottom bottom twenty, at like, at like you know not twenty yeah. to thirty pick at least. You know, not not lottery selection. So, I think that they. I, but again, I think like it comes back to that. You, I think you have to give up whatever they want. Like I would give up JC and three first round picks if it includes this year. Like I just would do it. I, Watson's, you know, a top five QB in the league. Like I, he's young. He's not, you know, he's not an aging guy that you'd go. He's not like Aaron Rodgers or anything. Like he, he's got another six, seven years left of like solid top end QB play without a doubt. Probably even more than that. So I mean, I would give up anything to get him. And I mean, I think draft capital is what the Texans want. I mean, in in whether the, you send the fifteenth and JC and a couple more first, maybe they send. You know the fifteenth in a in a in a first to the Falcons, and they get to six, and they draft Fields. I mean, like I think they they want more movement and the ability to kind of wiggle around and make more moves um, rather than just like hammering on players um, like some other trade you know rumors suggestions have you know put out. Yeah, yeah. essentially, I think you do whatever you can do if you have the opportunity to get Watson. There's no reason you shouldn't do absolutely everything you can to get him. Whatever it takes to get Watson, it's going to be a lot easier than to get Russell Wilson because I saw a report saying the Bears sent the absolute freaking house. I think their next three first-round picks, multiple yep. starters to get Wilson, and they didn't even budge. They said no. Yeah, they so. they said yeah they said start. I wonder who the starter was. I was it like Kyle Fuller. I would think. Like, I wonder. David I think, yeah, Montgomery. Yeah, it was one or two starters. Like, David Montgomery and like Eddie Jackson, maybe. Mm. <laughs> I mean. The Seahawks are like, I understand like you can't. They're a weird just, team right now. You, yeah, I know. Yeah, I understand you can't part way. Very with, much in like with, no man's land. Like you can't part way with Wilson that easily. But like, if the man doesn't, if the, all these rumors are true about him not really wanting to be there, him getting mad at, you know, whether we agree with the with his like anger or not, if he's not happy there, I mean, three firsts and two starters and like a a pretty developing young running back and then like decent like safety like i don't know why you wouldn't take that it's beyond me if, yeah. that, if that's true because it seems like it was kind of like they just declined it and it, there's no talk it was just like no so it's like well, what are you expecting for wilson at this point right well yeah, i wonder what watson is like if, if it's going to get to the point i'm sorry to cut you off Andy, but if it gets to the point where you know they're still not taking calls on him but he's not going to play for them so if this whole thing gets cleared up with watson you know everything going on right now um you know, I wonder if it's going to get to the point where they're going to have to end up trading him for way less than they could have gotten in the first place. Which you know, it seems point. like a Houston Texans kind of thing to happen. Yeah. I think it definitely you know is possible, but um, they really got to play their cards right because and because once that it, once that confirmed report either from Watson or his agent or someone within Texas organizations and and it says that Watson is not going to play for the Texans. Just like mm-hmm. that, like who it flips the it flips the script and and the team trading for Watson has the advantage because you can say, look, we'll give you this. You don't want it, fine. You're going to be stuck with a franchise QB who doesn't want to play for your city. 
And, and not, yeah. it's not only going to hurt you, it's going to hurt like your fan base. You know, you, now all of a sudden they flip it. If they can trade him now, they can say, look, you know, we've talked with Watson. We think we could work it out, but we're still willing to move on and maybe start fresh. Like there's the narrative flip that could happen like just like that. And like, I mm-hmm. agree. That's a great point. Like they, they have to do it now or they have to do, you know, they have to just hope that Watson, you know, is willing to play next season um, yeah. on, on a shitty roster. Yeah, instead of instead of sending JC or Stefan, you might have to send Jonathan Jones in a fifth to get John Watson, and that's absolutely yeah. crazy to think about. I don't know; the fifth might be too much. Give him Jonathan yeah, and Jared Stidham. Yeah, they'll be happy with that. <laughs> but I feel like that's the happiest Patriots talk we've had in mm. a very, very long time. Yeah, um, I haven't been happy with this too. team since. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, maybe like maybe like beginning of the season when we thought we were gonna like Cam was gonna win MVP. Yeah, <laughs> I would say that. But yeah, I can't complain about the off season so far. I think the Patriots are the unanimous win- unanimous winners of yeah. the off season so far. I mean, there's still a lot left to happen. Uh, Deshaun Watson could get traded, could shift a lot of momentum. The draft yeah. is still yet to happen. But there's some more free agents that are still on the market right now. Guys like Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster. So I want to know where you guys think those guys could land. Juju, I know, has been in talks with the Jets, and I think that's a really realistic option for him. Yeah, um, yeah. And pairing up with Corey Davis, I think, would be <clears throat> really good for whatever quarterback ends up playing there, whether it's Sam Donald or Justin Fields or whoever else. Um, and Kenny Galladay, I'm pretty sure, this is like, it must have been some sort of like error or whatever, but I don't know if you guys saw that on Twitter where it said he was listed underneath like the Giants fantasy roster or whatever it is. Um, I think I th- there's like this so- there, there. Yeah, there's this like unnamed source on Twitter that like he he like he's just kind of like chill. He's like anonymous. He's like a Giants fan and he like gets a lot of Giants insight and he's said on Twitter that it's a, it's going to happen. Like they just haven't made it official yet. And he's been right on he he's been right on like every single pick that they were that yeah. uh, that they had in the draft last year. He was b- banging them out like minutes before they were going to select. So he's got something inside. I think Galladay yeah. to the Giants is like confirmed pretty much. I mean, not by any of the big guys, but I think it's pretty much a done deal. Mm. Yeah, I know um, he was yeah. talking in the last few days. I know the Bengals were on his list, but. Yeah, it, that's the thing. Bengals, it, they really, I mean, they haven't done anything. And I thought they were going to be they active. They need to do some, some work on the line. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't go after yeah. Sooney or. Um, yeah. Andrews, I really don't know if they need a center, but I, mean, I think anything on their line would help because you have a quarterback, a, a seemingly generational yeah. talent coming back from an ACL injury, and you're not going to get him any protection. An, an ACL injury caused by his lack of O-line, too. Caused by attacks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, dude. It's, it's really not good. You, you don't want to see them end up... Yeah, yeah you don't want to see Burrow in a position where he's going to be taking 50 sacks a year for the next it, 10 years. And that makes me think maybe the whole, I, I was thinking they were going to move their pick. Um, are they sitting at five? I think, um, um I think they're they'll probably try to take a lineman there. Like, I don't know if they're, I know that you guys mentioned two guys that are like kind of above the rest. I'm not sure if those, if one of them's going to be there. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought they were going to be pretty active. Like Rodney, Hutt, uh, Hudson, is that his name from the Raiders, mm-hmm. the center, yeah. like yep. he was going to get cut. And then someone jumped in. Who was it? 
Cardinals. 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 Cardinals jumped in and said, like, we'll just trade you something for him so we can get him. I'm surprised the Bengals didn't inquire. I mean, he's a good center. Like, oh, yeah, really... I didn't even know it was the Cardinals picked him up. That's yeah, a good they, they like, jumped in before they were about to cut him and said, we'll give you, like, a fourth or something. And they just moved them for that. I'm surprised the Bengals yeah. didn't come in and be like, we need him more than, like, the Cardinals do. Let's, like, go after him. It seems like they're sitting right. on their hands and, like, they're going to regret it because, especially with Tooney, like, that's the big that's the big guy you can sign. Like I was one of the bigger O linemen in free agency and yep. you'd let the chiefs get him. It's like, what are you doing? <clears throat> um, yeah. But as for like where I think the other guys are going to go, like I, I agree. I think Juju goes, goes to the jets. I would like to see him in new England. I don't think it's going to happen after like all of what we did. Um, like we said, Galladay, I think goes to the giants. Um, and then am I missing anyone? Look, there's another guy that has, Wide receiver? I mean, Fuller's gone. I mean, it's starting to whittle it down a little bit. Um, I think the Jets, though, with with Juju, Mims, and uh, Corey Davis, and that's a that's a good young core that they have. If they can grab a either transfer Darnold and make him a better quarterback, or uh, or get get a new one and start fresh with like Fields or Lance, like that could be a decent team in the future, especially with um, how young it is. Without a doubt, the offense like was you know Mims has shown even last year with. With the um, with Darnold, you know, the rotating quarterbacks that they've had, that he's a great talent and he was a great pick for them. If he can get a legit quarterback with him and become like the three uh, on a Juju and Davis run offense, like that, I think that'll be great for them. Mm-hmm. That's scary, and that's where you really want to keep both JC and Stephon. If you're going to mm-hmm. up against Corey Davis and Juju twice a year, yeah. I don't know. I think Corey Davis who always like and- kills us. Yeah. And Juju's like, people are underrating Juju. I know he had a down year. So, you know, he, he, he balls out with AB. He brought it upon himself this year. Yeah. I I mean, I think people are underrating him, not like for his TikTok shit. Like, I mean, like just for his on-field play, like he balls out with AB. The next season, Ben gets hurt really early on. And I don't think anyone blames Juju for not underperforming that year. I mean, he had Mason Rudolph and whoever, uh, Delvin Hodges. You know, this past year, I think it was just too crowded. I think Deontay Johnson took over as the guy. I think Chase Claypool became the downfield guy. They were just using Juju on, like, very minimal, like, wide receiver screen slant routes, like, right over the middle. Like, they weren't testing him downfield at all, which is where, I mean, he was, like, leading the team in receptions for a good portion of the season. I think Deontay Johnson Mm -hmm. overtook him, but he was getting, like, you know, 12 receptions for 65 yards. And people were like, oh, he's not that good. It's like, I mean, he's he's pretty much, like, the three or the two on that team. The downfield ability yep. got taken by Claypool. Deontay Johnson starts taking most of the targets. It's kind of like Juju is the odd man out. I think he's, he'd be a great signing for like a team that doesn't have much cap space, but like needs a wide receiver two to kind of come in and like give them a little bit of help. Even send them, even the Jags, I think makes sense. He can yeah. be that number one guy. Yeah. And I mean, obviously I think Trevor Lawrence, I think it's pretty safe to say he'll be the next mm-hmm. quarterback of the Jaguars. I mean, hell, that's a great weapon to start off with. Yep. And for sure. More co- more quarterback news. Apparently, Andy Dalton is the already the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears next year. <laughs> Apparently, that they told him that right off the bat, he's going to start next year. Oh, him, though, I think he really deserves another chance, and I think yeah. uh, Allen Robinson. They just they just resigned him, or I think they franchise tagged him. Yeah, that's that sucks for Allen Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do. Um, and then Mitch Trubisky uh, went off to Buffalo today. Yeah. So. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I kind of thought that was funny. The number yeah. two pick. Yeah. Is now yeah. Back up crazy. I don't know why they traded up for him. I'll, I'll, I'll never get like, 
okay, so that what goes through the Bears, Chicago's like the GM, the front office, what goes through their head when when they sign Andy? Like, is is the the thought process this guy can take me to a championship? Like, I never, I'll never understand that. Like, at least with like the Cam Newton signing from for the Patriots, it was kind of like, all right, Cam's got you know. Belichick is one of the is the greatest coach ever. The defense is still pretty good. He, there's a couple of weapons on offense. Maybe we could do. I mean, Andy Dalton going to the Bears doesn't make them a contender. Like, why are you even doing that? Why didn't you just draft a QB? Like, I don't. I really don't right. understand it. It's right almost up. like you're Honestly. trying to finish eight and eight. You know what I mean? It's like you're, it's like uh, I don't know who said it. It might have been um, Big Cat from like Part of My Take or something. But it was um, basically like you're, you're literally just getting like a band aid. And you're yeah. and you're slapping it on like a like a leaking ship, yeah. year after year after year, and you're going eight and eight, and you're somehow making like the sixth or seventh seed, but then you get like absolutely blown out the first time in the playoffs. You get mm-hmm. a pick in the low twenties because you ended up sliding <laughs> to the playoffs at eight and eight, nine and seven, and then you you draft some guy that really has no impact on your organization, not even a quarterback, and you go back and do the same thing the next year. I, just, yeah. I don't understand how they could possibly keep getting mediocre quarterbacks and then just like expect different results. It's, it's the definition of insanity. The bears. Yeah. You said it for me. Never, I was <laughs> yeah, yeah. The bears, just they, they've never had a good, like a great quarterback in their entire franchise history. I think at this point, they're just cursed that they're never, ever going to be good. It's, it's ridiculous. Like the, like the things they've done to avoid taking advantage of the rest of their roster, which really yeah. isn't that bad. Like, yeah, I don't know. Are you guys like Khalil Mack, Allen Robinson, Kyle Fuller that are just wasting away uh, on your team because you refuse to make any good moves that can actually further your? I don't know. It's it's terrible. Yeah, could be a bash thing. I think we pretty much hit on all the free agent news, honestly. Yeah. So <clears throat> that about wraps it up. I just want some closing thoughts before we send the show home. Hmm. See what I got. Um, I don't have anything right up Pat. You got anything? Give me a second to think. Um, I don't know. I like all the moves Pat's made. Um, hopefully there's some more to come. Maybe a quarterback or something. Maybe another receiver. Uh, maybe a big trade coming up. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'll say I'll say this. Cam Newton. We talk about every other signing that happened. Cam Newton is going to be the deal of the year for the Patriots because he's going to get him into the playoffs with an under 10 million base salary. And we'll see what happens after that. But that's, we took, we were talking about who we thought the most underrated signing was or who was the best signing. I should have said Cam Newton. Cause I think that was fantastic to bring him back for like backup QB money. And if he can start uh, and produce like he did against, you know, a couple of the teams last year, um, that, that's a deal. That's Belichick's playing chess. Yeah, I'm completely <laughs> off from free agency. The NCAA Wrestling Championship started up today. Um, I'm really excited about it to watch all the Long Island guys, guys like Ja'Cory Teamer and Deontay Wilson, um, try and wrestle for a national championship. But uh, it, it was around this time last year that everything got shut down. March 11th um, passed while we were taking a little bit of a break, and that was the day where the sports world stopped. And yep. just thinking about it and how far everything has come, in terms of COVID, bringing sports back and everything, just just absolutely amazing to see where we are a whole year removed. So that pretty yep. much, I'm done. Yep, that's all I got. So hopefully next week, uh, Patriots have made some more moves. Next time 
uh, where we jump on here. Uh, maybe some, maybe Deshaun Watson's a Patriot by the time uh, next week comes. So we can only hope. So we want to thank everyone for tuning in. You can follow all of us on Instagram, Twitter. Our handles are still down there. Season three and still no Snapchat. It's never going to happen. Stop asking. Nobody's asking. I, thought, I don't know why I said that. But um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Peace. Yeah.